I attended Southern Seminary in Louisville. I went into the ministry, and I ran churches as an administrator and educator for about six years up in Louisville. And during that time, it's kind of when I got a sense of my calling, because I had this knack for helping people kind of find their place in the church and in the world and with careers. It was just something I did, and I don't know why. I think that's called a gift. And uh, so from there is where it kind of led me to that and the church. I was at a real conservative Southern Baptist church and I got a divorce in the South in a Baptist church. And they said, this is a good time for a career change. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's show is very interesting. I just finished interviewing Michael Allen Tate, the author of The White Shirt, Find your peaceful and life-giving career at any stage of your life. Of course, you know that's the work here at CRG where we have tools and resources in my book, The Quest for Purpose. But Michael really has some interesting insights about how do I actually develop clarity and that developing clarity for yourself is not a solo operation. This is something that you do with others. So I'm really excited about you getting in or listening to the show with Michael today. Now, before we just get into the show, just an encouragement that one of the things that we have just uh, recently launched is our brand new e-course called Why Aren't You More Like Me, which is based on our personal style indicator. We had a certification recently and we had uh, representatives or professionals in the room and without exception, everybody said the personal style indicator is the best personality or personal style tool they have ever taken. And so then we built out a 15-module e-course so that you can understand just all the nuances and who you are and how that contributes to your clarity. So I just encourage you just go to the link that's in the show. It's e-courses at CRG Leader, but we have that in the show notes. And consider taking or completing that e-course for yourself, but also for somebody you care for. If they are looking for more clarity or improving their emotional intelligence or sort of communication skills, then think about that. Well, thank you as always for listening to SOS. If you like what we're doing, please pass it on, share it, leave a positive response in whatever platform you're listening to. And we thank you for being part of the SOS tribe. Now here's my interview with Michael Allen Tate. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, you know that CRG does a lot of work around purpose and getting clarity in your life. Well, today's guest is going to help with that. He really is an expert around helping you to focus around your career, though there are other things that he has done as well. He is the author of the new book, The White Shirt. Welcome to the show, Michael Allen, A-L-A-N, Tate. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate your invitation to be with you. It's an honor. Well, uh, our our honor is uh, you have being on the show because without Ken, yeah. we really don't have much going on, <laughs> uh, though we do some solo. So, you know, Michael, as we like to do here on SOS is just to kind of get to know our guests before we dive into the content of your book mm-hmm. and some of the principles that you're teaching there. Uh, what's right. Michael's story? Uh, you said that you're down south. Uh, but where were you born and, and where did you uh, grow up for the majority of your life? I was born in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I grew up here. Uh, 
spent most of my life here, spent about 15 years in Louisville, Kentucky. I was doing some work there and completing my master's program. So I was there about 15 years and came back in in the late 90s back to Birmingham, my home. And so I live actually about 10 miles from the place I was born. So really, you just came back home to roost. Yeah, yeah. So what was your life what was your life like growing up in terms of your family of origin were they supportive yeah. parents not parents what was the situation there I grew up in Mayberry <laughs> I mean I grew up with probably the most supportive parents uh, my mom and dad we blue collar family but I mean they never really encouraged me in any type of career or anything but just very supportive uh of whatever I wanted to do I grew up in the country I grew up uh, in the creeks, in the fields with my BB gun and fishing pole. And that's where I, what I did. And then I went to college. I was the first one from my family to go to a four-year college. I put myself through school by working at UPS in the mornings from 3 to 10 and going to school the rest of the day because I didn't believe in student loans. And mm. uh, so 3 in the morning? You got up at 3 in the morning to do I got a, Yeah, UPS. loaded loaded trucks yeah the trucks come in in the morning and you load the trucks from i got up at three started at four worked till 10 went to school yeah that was my wow how do you manage staying awake in class or maybe you did hey well you're 18 and 19 i mean come on (laughs) you know you can do a lot uh you can do a lot at that age I, i i could say it's a kind of a blur, but uh, I made it through and I graduated. Then I went on to uh, advance my uh, career up in, and my education up in Louisville. So mm. so uh, what did you uh, take in university? What, were, what was your four, uh, four-year degree focused on? Psychology and uh, a minor in, in business. So, so what, what made you kind of choose that track? I mean, part of your work is helping people to get clear mm-hmm. about their direction and right. a possible next career or position or job. Right. So what were you doing as a 17 and 18 year old thinking about psychology in a blue collar family? Well, it's, uh, I know it's curious, but uh, no, I, I have this premise that I've developed now. And that is when people say, should I follow my heart in my career? I'd say, no, follow your ears if you're going to college because I love the language of psychology. I don't know why I did. I just did, and I didn't have any direction of really what I was going to do. I just knew I was going to finish college. And so that's what I did. And actually, when I was in college working for UPS, I had graduated. They were going to put me on a a management track there. And a manager, uh, one of my managers sat me down one morning before I left to go back to school, and he said, Mike, are you going to push packages for the rest of your life? And I went, his name was Connie Parsons. I said, Connie, are you going to push packages for the rest of your life? And he said, no, I'm headed to law school. I'm I'm quitting in two weeks. I think you need to think about your life. And that was the turning point for me, that one man just looked at me and said, I think I see more in you than you do. And uh, he encouraged me. And after that, I went back to school and finished and worked for a while. And then I went to, uh, I attended Southern Seminary in Louisville. I went into the ministry. And I ran churches as an administrator and educator for about six years up in Louisville. And during that time is kind of when I got a sense of my calling because I had this knack for helping people kind of find their place in the church and in the world and with careers. It was just something I did. And I don't know why. I think that's called a gift. 
so from there is where it kind of led me to that and the church. I was at a real conservative Southern Baptist church, and my, I got a divorce in the South in a Baptist church, and they said, this is a good time for a career change. So you don't fit here anymore. <laughs> uh, out you go. Out you go with part of, part of that one. Yeah, you don't fit here anymore. Well, I get that. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. I mean, for the guests that are listening, yeah. um, if you think about it, Michael, that single event that probably didn't take more than a few minutes mm, right. really did change your mindset where this individual said, listen, are you going to move packages for the rest of your life? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not judging it, but I guess it was a fair question. Are you or aren't you? Yeah. And so I think part of what I encourage the audience is that a lot of times we think people's life choices are based on some kind of six-month traumatic event when it could have been six minutes where you were just encouraged to to choose a different track. Yeah. And that, that question just wouldn't leave, you know. Uh, Someone can tell you something, but a question has such power, and that's kind of a little bit of what my book's about. And yeah, just those questions that somebody had the courage and caring enough to say, "Think about this." And and Mm. I could have made a choice either way or the other, but uh, for some reason, I hated this way. Now, uh, you know, obviously, leading the church or through that different profession, but that's fine. You you learn some leadership skills, some executive development Mm -hmm. skills, as you mentioned before, helping people find opportunities that was playing to their gifts. What did you do after that? Uh, I, uh, well, when I I lost my job, and that's kind of the story. So, uh, you know, I left that calling, you know, from God, like, and all of a sudden I'm not in anymore. And so what am I going to do? So I went to a career counselor and I was kind of at my wit's end, and he said, uh, he gave me some tests about, he gave me a psychological test and said, you should be an HR director. And I went, okay. And he sent out about three or 400 resumes, and I got one response back. So I lost my job. I sent out these resumes. I get one response. I talked to the person for about 10 minutes, and they say, I don't think you're going to work out here. And so at that point, that was my other turning point when I went, what's wrong with me? You know, I've got this education. I can't find a job. And a few months later, when I really discovered it wasn't, there's nothing wrong with me. I had chosen the worst possible way to find a job, which is using a resume and mailing out and or sending on the Internet or whatever it is. And that's when I decided that I was going to do something about this, that this would never happen to anyone else again. And that's when I became a career advisor. Mm. Yep. So because you couldn't find a career that fit, you then you actually created your own for all intents and purposes. I, di- I did. Yes, I did. Well, I, I did some odds and ends sales jobs and things like that. And then I ran into a person. Um, I was on an airplane and I was sitting there and this guy named Jim Marshall said to me, Mike, what do you do? And I said, well, I've lost my job and you know, trying to figure all this stuff out. And um, I'm thinking about this and that. And he said, well, you know, I, I do seminars and uh, I, would you like for me to help you? I think you'd be good at that. And I'm thinking, you know, am I getting sucked in here? But I t- and so Jim actually taught me how to do seminars. I, I did seminars for about two years with Chamber of Commerce is teaching people how to sell. And I was actually introduced as a professional seminar giver at a, a Chamber of Commerce meeting. And so I did that for a while, and that's kind of where I – and then one day during that time of doing those seminars on sales, I had a lot of small businesses and things like that in there. And I went, uh, after one of them, a, an older lady walked up and said, 
we're retiring. We've had our family business here, a furniture business, for about 35 years. We have a son, but we don't know. He, we're not sure what he wants to do and what we're going to do. And she said to me, can you help my son figure out what to do? And that was the other question and kind of the turning point. That, and I went in, I worked with him. I helped him decide. I helped him put together a plan for his career. I helped the company put together a plan and put them together and help with secession. And it's kind of my model I still use now. I always start when I do secession planning or strategy with a company. I always start with the person first. So that was the other thing that question that kind of was, you know, can you help him find out what he wants to do? And I innately just knew how to do that. So, mm, mm. yeah. Well, uh, thank you for that work that you did there, Michael. And you kind of went through different iterations, finding mm-hmm. your way. And of course, right. that's sort of the core of my book, book, The Quest for Purpose as well. Yeah. You know, as a host of this show and, you know, CRG, which is the publisher of it. But when you think about helping those individuals, and we want to help the people who are listening here. Mm-hmm. There is so much information about how many people are unhappy right. with their work and life. What do you think are some of the contributing factors? Before we get into your book, The White Shirt, sure. what are some contributing factors? Why do you think, with all your experience working with people, why people are still continuing to be miserable? Well, uh, a really famous person named Alfred E. Newman of Mad Magazine once said, most people don't know what they want, but they're pretty sure they don't have it. And that's what I find is people, they want to move, but they don't really know, they don't know how to describe the pieces of what they want to do. And uh, the other uh, thing is, you know, people use the wrong strategy like I did about sending resumes out. But the third reason I think people really stay stuck is they try to do it alone. My book is written actually to be done with a friend. It's the only career book ever written to be actually worked through with a friend. Because I think that is the piece, because there's nothing that's discouraging and trying to change jobs is trying to do it all by yourself. So those are, to me, the three reasons people just stay stuck. Wrong strategy, doing it alone, and not really clear on what they want. So... Oh, I would agree with that, Michael, with our work, you know, being in this industry for 30 years, is that most people really don't know where to begin. They know that they're stuck. Now, here's the other thing that you slipped it in, but I I want to come back to that. And that is you go to a career counselor, he says you should be an HR manager. Right. And, And one of the things that we adamantly disagree with right now is interest inventories that tell you what career you should go into. Oh, there's, absolutely. There's 40,000 job titles, and then there's careers that haven't been invented yet. Uh-huh. So there's some misdirection for some people too, correct? Correct. Absolutely. And uh, because when I help someone put together a career plan, we never put a job title on it. We only, you know, careerings, career, I, I, I studied with Richard Bowles. He's the one that helped me, Dick Bowles, and helped, he's kind of my mentor forever, and he helped you know, careers just stand, wearing a hat and standing in a field, and uh, you know, a job title hat. But we don't even talk about job titles. Just what are the, what are your skills, your talents, your abilities? What are your interests? You know, what are the things that make your ears peak up? Your interest points us toward industries, skills points us toward job titles. 
And so I, but I don't either because I'm like you. I think in 10 years, there may not be any job titles. We'll all be project managers or knowledge workers or, or something. Well, I agree. And, and by the way, Dick Bowles was a friend as well. And I had lunch yeah. with him just three years ago and he just passed oh, away man. about 18 I months know. ago. But awful. for those people yeah. listening that don't necessarily link the name, he wrote the book, What Colors Your Parachute? Sold yep. multiple and millions of copies over yeah. um, several decades because he rewrote it and revised it basically every year in just fine 27 years I think yeah, yeah. so uh-huh. you know a lot of time and yeah uh, Dick was a very uh, giving individual and helping people to think about you yeah. know this gifts talents and abilities now Mike you also just slip something in oh, okay where the listeners around I don't think there's going to be careers there's going to be expertise mm-hmm. that's deployed in the marketplace so you make a very good distinction, Michael, where you say don't put a job title on what you want to do in the future. Explain that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, well, you, of course, you do know the, the growing people that uh, most a lot of people be just starting their own businesses. But um, whenever you put a label on anything, you label, I want this accountant or I want this, uh, this perf- it closes people's minds in and they can't help you. Because when you're in job search, you're really just asking for, and, and my approach is uh, write down the skills that you've discovered that you you love to do in your sleep. You'd do if you weren't getting paid for. Write down the industries you think you could do those in. And then go and ask people for advice. Never ask for a job. But give them some help in understanding the skills you have. And then they'll figure out something that's never existed before. You know, a lot of people think there's actually a job hunting system out there, and we know there's not. There's just at every company, there's a table where guys and ladies sit around every day, every week, and say, do you know somebody who can solve this problem for us? And so we're just trying to give people a, a way to and, – and let – you know, because you ask – I always say if you ask for uh, a job, you'll get advice. If you ask for advice, you probably get a job, and that's how – that's and then if you label yourself, you'll get stuck in something that's uh, probably won't exist in, like we said, five or six years anyway. So, okay, well, let's go there for a little bit, and that was okay. one of the questions actually you put on your submission form with this, and that was mm-hmm. ask for advice, don't ask for a job. Well, right. what, what am I asking for? What advice am I? If sure. I'm a listener here and I'm really trying to figure out maybe my life direction, right, or get some clarity and get just a little bit more purpose, a little more engagement or energy in my life. Mm-hmm. What am I asking for? What's the advice I'm trying yeah. to probe for? Oh, uh, you're trying to probe for their, well, let me back up and say how this works. Uh, most people do a job search with a resume, and I, I say you hold a resume to later. There's three questions you need to answer. Who am I? Where's my place in the world? And how do I find it? You know that. That's straight out Richard Okay, Coles. so uh, say that slower and say it louder. Okay. There's three questions in my book, and you need to ask, who am I? That means, what, am I, what are my skills? What are, what's kind of my design? How does that work? The second one is, where is my place? The third one is, how do I find it? Most people start with, how do I find it? Rather than taking time to say, who am I? What's my gifts and abilities? And saying, those interests I have, what industries does that point me towards? And so... Uh, and how do you find it? Once so, how do you find it? Is develop a one-page career plan. There, you can see samples of ten or twelve of those on my website. And the career plan is: it says at the top, "Here's my current situation." 
and says, these are my targets. Like, I'd like to work in Birmingham. I'd like to work in Alabama. This is an industry I might like to work in. These are some skills and abilities on one side of the page. Is that on the other side of the page is a list of potential organizations that you could work for. You take that, and at the bottom it says, how can you help me? And it says, and look at my list, advise me on my plan, and point me to people I can talk to. So we're not just going saying, give me some advice. We're saying, here's a plan. Give me some advice on my plan, not on my career. What do you think about my plan? And people will I mean, you can't get out of the room with folks who are looking at your plans and not that company, you know, that you should look. So they see that list of potentials and it starts generating ideas and you leave with, you know, kind of an information of other people you should talk to. So that's when I say advice, you can't just go straight to them with nothing in hand. People need something to look at. So you've done some pre-work. You've, yep. you've done the best you can to get clarity about who am I and what some of those gifts are. Mm-hmm. And then you've even done some work about some potential direction. So right. who am I asking advice from, do you think? We are asking advice from the people you would put down as references on an application for a job. Uh, that would be the, uh, you know, it's just, it's so interesting that uh, you never know where, um, uh, where anything's going to come from. I mean, it's serendipity. So much of all this is, uh, I mean, I tell some, you know, the executive secretary of an organization might be the best person to talk to initially before you ever went and talk to the, to somebody at the company. Uh, I mean, I had a, a guy I'd worked with and he put together a list he used, of companies. He used to keep it in his pocket. He was a manufacturing, uh, he worked in manufacturing and process and uh, engineering and, he was sitting getting some tires one day and talked to a lady who was sitting next to him. And she said, what are you doing? He said, well, I've kind of lost my job. I've, I've been in manufacturing by kind of looking at loot. These are the things I do. And these are some organizations I've been looking at. And she said, well, you know what? My husband runs that company. It's a hospital here in town. And within two weeks, he had a job. And he had, they never saw his resume till he got there with HR. You know, so it's just simply taking some. But it does take a lot of time to get those questions answered. And that's kind of what my book helps you do step by step to get through that with the videos I have online and the, the book itself to develop a one page strategy. Because, um, you know, I, when people call and say this, you call someone, you want to talk with them because a friend referred you. And they say, well, you send me your resume and you say, well, I'm still working on that, but I have a plan. And you can almost hear the phone drop. You have a what? A plan. And so they get to share the plan. And a lot of people, when those folks are sitting around that table every week talking about who should, you know, who, who could help us with this problem, what happens is one of the people at that table say, you know, this guy met with me. He didn't have a resume. He was talking about a job, but he had a plan. I think we need to talk to people that know how to plan. So that's kind of another piece of all of this is just the impression you make by being so professional. You've kind of got your stuff together and, uh, and it sets you up to impress people because you ask for advice and you have a plan. And those are the two things that most people in business need to know how to do. Mm. Well, just a little tidbit. You might or might not be aware of this, Michael. I suspect you are. But the U.S. Department of Labor uh-huh. come out with research a few years ago. said, what percentage of jobs are actually filled yeah. through these job postings through Monster, whoever it is? Uh-huh. And it was 5%. Yeah. So, uh, the, so uh, the majority uh, of it is through relationships and through the contacts that you talked about. 
It is. Yeah. And it's just your friends. Your friends, you know, they say everybody knows 250 people. And your friends just know. But if you can set it up so they can help you, most of the time we ask and we don't set them up to help us. And that's what a simple little career plan with a list of organizations or things you might want to do. And this also works inside a company uh, because I was uh, – uh, so if you're stuck in your job, sometimes leading is not the best answer. Sometimes requesting what you want is, that is, writing down, these are my skills, these are departments I think I could work in and talk with your your some, a manager in your company. And that happens quite a bit. It even happened to me when I was actually working with a large consulting firm about 15 years ago. So. Well, I think that's a very important point for people who are listening. There's a lot of individuals who are already yep. in a position. Yep. Even Jim Collins talked about it in his book, Good to Great. We have yep. the right people, but they not might not might not be on the right seat in the bus. Right. So in that case, how do I adjust my engagement in my role here in the company? Mm-hmm. And most people actually don't even think they have an option to do it, do they, Michael? They don't. No. Uh, you know, I always tell people when you're frustrated at work you can have three options you can quit you can stay frustrated or you can make a request and so you know this is uh yeah most people don't know that they're saying well so i mean that actually happened to me i was with a large consulting firm about to leave after about three years because i didn't do what i wanted to do and i i wrote out a plan for myself i didn't even share it with anyone in the company but, but i wrote it out this is what i like to do next and about three months later, they invented that job, and I got it in the company. And I never showed it to anyone except a friend I talked to outside. But it's just knowing you know, clarity is the is, clarity is it. If you get clear on what it, what what things you'd like to do, you know, serendipity for me, God steps in here and opens it up. I mean, I don't know what happens, but I know a plan and a prayer together. Amazing things happen, at least they have in my life. So, Well, I mean, um, the law of attraction is real, meaning yeah. if I don't know what I don't know, then I couldn't possibly <laughs> attract that or even even know that it passed right by me. Yep. We all know the story of you buy a brand new vehicle and then you notice that vehicle yeah. drive by you at every <laughs> stoplight, every stop sign. How did yep. that happen? Those vehicles were there before, and that's mm-hmm. top of mind. And that happens yep. for jobs, positions, opportunities as well. And I think you're encouraging, Michael, and I appreciate your, your story here. Is for those of you that are listening, if you're in the middle of a company and you're miserable, maybe you are on the right company, but there are some mm-hmm. adjustments that need to be made. But if you don't speak up, nobody's going to even know. No. So you have to take responsibility for your own space, for your own journey, and to start asking some of the questions that Michael's sharing with you on this show. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, um, so uh, who do you want to go from here, Ken? You want me to talk a little about the book? or who are you? Well, uh, Michael, when we think about it, we've already sort of started to delve <laughs> into it, right? Right. Yep. And so part of this is your, your subtitle of the book is around being peaceful. Uh, it's a life a life giving career, yeah. A life giving career versus something that's life sucking, yeah, <laughs> or right. life draining, or whatever verb you want to use. Oh yeah. So you know, my encouragement, of course, to listeners here is that you know what Michael has framed out is that there's just really a roadmap or a step by step process for us to be uh, more engaged in work. I mean, it's never going to be 100 percent, but how can it be uh-huh. more so? So, what are some additional? If I don't know, so let's just back up for a second. Yeah. 
and you have it in the book, but if I don't really know what I want to do, what are some of the first steps? Yes, I can go and ask advice, but what do, what do I ask yeah. myself, Michael, to start okay. getting some of this clarity that you talked about? Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I would say is to write down all the things that uh, suck your energy out at work on a list and then just write just the opposite on the other side of the page. That's the one way to start. Gives you a list of what you want. The, the other thing I have everyone do is to, to draw a family career tree. You know, our parents influence our career, our guardians influence our career more than anyone. Anything does uh, in our peers and our professors and all kind of things. But uh, drawing that, because in your, I believe you have a legacy, a kind of a career legacy that points you different ways, but you need to be very aware of the impact your family has on your career. And so I say, draw that out, understand where those are. And, and I've, I've done this for years with some you know, kids in college when their CEOs send their kids to me to work with them. And they'd grow it out and they'd realize, oh, I had an uncle who did this. And they just start seeing a connection. Uh, but I had a, a, a guy who had retired. Uh, he was um, 65. He still wanted to keep working. Didn't know what to do. He had been working as, a, as an administrator in a community thing for years and years and uh, so I had him draw his family career tree out and he, he realized he had five people in his family that were in banking now he's a community representative in a bank and he would have never thought about that had he not drawn that career tree out mm. so that's one of the first things to do is is that so how far out do I go with this uh, family career tree because interesting enough Michael I've been around yeah. this space yeah. for a while I've never heard about doing that I mean obviously I your immediate family influences you, but so right. how far do I go on this tree to sort of? Well, I mean, it, you know, there are, you know, I'll say you have uncles or aunts who are impactful, and even going back to your grandparents. I mean, uh, <clears throat> um, so, and then there'll be those peripheral people around you that really weren't family, but they, you know, these friends of family that just impacted you. So I, you know, there's not a science to all this, it's just to realize. You have some connections out there that really have not not so much a DNA, but a legacy for you. Uh, I mean, I I know after I even I've been in my work, I've you know I've written three books. I'm working on a series right now. I never had any training in journalism in college, never anything around any of that. But if you go back far enough, you'll find that Edgar Allan Poe was in my family tree. There's artists all down the side. Of oh, my really? Family. So, Michael, I'm sorry. I really need to bow in your presence now. Oh, come on. I yeah. mean, you, but I, of course, I, I'm not, I just need to get some really good drugs to really start writing good books. <laughs> but, sorry. But, well, um, Edgar Allen, of course, everybody uh, who's oh, listening yeah. or most people would know who he is, so that's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, but, but I, You went back that far to kind of get a sense of where did this writing come from? Yeah, after but that was afterthought. It wasn't how it wasn't how I I did this. Uh, when uh, you know how I got into work, but when I went back and started, and my mom has all these artists on her side, the writers and people. My, and it was just going, oh my gosh, I wish I had done this before because it would at least give me a sense of something that was probably kind of tucked away in me that I didn't know about. So uh, that's so that I tell you to do that, and then. Uh, so let's yeah. just stop for a second. What do I do with that family tree careers? Is, is it, it really, is it influencing yeah. my direction or is it just telling me how they have what's been around me sort of? It's been, as, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been what's been around you. But if you're younger and you do that, then I, if you find a career that seems interesting to you, 
then you that's where you start and you go and visit those people and say, tell me how you got in that career. You know, the same, what would you do again? What's frustrating? What's exciting? Interview those people in your family that are have careers that are interesting. You have all the younger people always do that and they get amazing direction and they get amazing support as they go through their job search because they wouldn't ask their family for advice. Uh, so, so you use it as a kind of a beginning networking episode, it kind of sets up the people in your life to help you. And, um, and then I, you know, looking at your accomplishments and pulling out your, you know, all your transferable skills, all the verbs that are in there. And, um, so you can kind of see, cause you, you and I both know, Ken, that the things we do so well are invisible to us because we think anybody could do that. And so that's where it's so helpful to take those stories and be able to tell them to someone to do this with a friend, share your story so they can help you say, well, I hear this, I hear this skill, I hear this interest, I hear this. Uh, so that's where I'd start answering that first question, who am I? Those are the kind of key, key things I would do. And then where's my place in the world? The second question, industries, it really is, you know, what, what, subjects do you do you your ears i actually have a chapter in a book called careering spell c-a-r-e-a-r and uh you know what are those languages that just make me feel alive and subjects that just interest me and those subject matters kind of point you to industries and then you know and you and i know that if you take an industry and put a geographic preference like uh, home health care and you put geographic preference around there on google and hit it you'll come up with like 50 companies that do that in your area kind of gives you a target company list. So mm-hmm. those are two simple things just to get started. But, you know, they're, like I said, it's never the, you know, I talk about the plan, but it's really not the plan as much as that whole process of answering who am I, you know, where's my place. And then the last part about how I find it, because once you get clear on one and two, who am I and where's my place, three is the, it's, yeah, it just works so fast if you use the career plan approach and not try to take the old resume approach. Mm, no, for sure. Well, I mean, I want to just kind of go back uh, to another thing that you said earlier and just remind the listeners that, you know, Michael was talking about if there's something in your current job what makes you miserable, put yeah. that down and then think yeah. about what is the opposite to that or what's an alternative to that that will work for you. Right. The other thing is I will insert a little component or content here too, Michael. I was having dinner with Dick Bowles and one of his comments, and this is for the listeners too, Uh and what you're teaching is that, you know, most people have not been willing to do the work. Yeah. So everybody wants to show up in Michael's office and get it all figured out in about 15 minutes. Yep. Rather than going on this lifelong journey of fine tuning, refining, discovering, and so you're encouraging people, you know, just go do this. If you don't do this, then you're going to continue to be uh, yeah. m- miserable. Now, on this last component, when, you know, you're asking advice and you're getting these things together, who, in addition to what you've said already, who else do I put on my list as potential advisors or people to give me feedback? Who should I be going and asking questions about, about what do you think I do well or what do you think about this career? Who do I go to? Uh, well, as I, uh, I mean, uh, you know, once you go to one person, they're going to lead you to other people. I mean, just people that have a bigger view of the world than, um, you know, that 
the, the larger their view of the world, the more helpful they'll be. It's, you know, some kind of higher position in some organization or, you know, it could be your pastor. It could be a doctor. It could be a banker. But it's somebody, you know, it's got to be a hot, a warm connection. And I don't, you know, I never believe in cold calls. So even if you went to your uh, your uncle and, and let me show you this plan and who do you know that would connect you to someone else. But, I, you know, I, I, but somebody that knows you well enough to answer the question certainly would be the the key to that. I don't think there's a magic one type of person to go to. I just I'd make a list of 10 people and that I know and then call them and see where it goes from there. That's always the list of 10 is kind of a top 10 list as I do a lot of those. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's a good point, uh, Mike, what you're saying. Listen, when you're meeting with somebody else that you ask them, who else could I meet with that would help me with this? Right. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And so the, if the three questions on your plan actually say critique my target company list plan. Tell me what you think about my approach. And the third bullet says, refer me to others you think I should talk to. And they know by talking to you, you're not, you're not going to ask those people for a job. You're not going to ask them, you know, to have, they know of a job opening. All those things are just energy killers. And they make, and the next time you see that person that you ask them, do they know of an opening? They didn't. They'll, they'll walk on the other side of the street because they're embarrassed that they couldn't ask you to do something that you asked them to do, which they could possibly not do. They cannot, you know, find your job. So just saying, look at my plan. Give me some advice. At the bottom, it says, here's what I want. Uh, so it's all kind of lined out. If you take a look at some of those plans on the, the page, you'll get an idea of what this is because it is quite different than most approaches that uh, you see out there in the world. So, mm, mm. Well, one of the things that you said earlier in the show, Michael, which we're just emphasizing here uh, for everybody listening, is that it is you're not a loser or you shouldn't feel embarrassed by asking other people. It should really be the opposite. All right. Trying to do this on your own is where you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. So this idea of going through your book with a friend or getting uh-huh. advice from sort of outside people, we know now in this, in our industry, uh-huh. you know, coaching is one of the number one trends. Well, why is that somebody yeah. to be able to provide feedback or yep. to get a professional like yourself, Michael, to help uh-huh. Uh, me go through this journey to ask the que- to really just be a sounding board and help you yeah. get rid of your own biases. Oh, absolutely. It's not, you know, just to talk it through and have somebody that listens. Because if people will call me and say, I'd like to hire you to help me, and I'll say, um, um, who's your best friend? I want you to try this with them before you pay me to do anything. Because if you have somebody that cares about you and they've committed not to as i call don't should don't should should ought and must take those three words out of your vocabulary um actually in my little book it has a guide for people when they're having a dialogue with you your friends it's called the darius dialogue guide darius is one of the guys in my book in a the parable in my book and it teaches you how to list when you're listening and when you're talking you know what not to do because most people really don't know how to listen and help people um uh, one, I was working with this uh, CEO one time, and I always ask these kind of questions. I'll say, so when did you go from being a manager to being a leader? He said, it's the day I discovered when people come and ask me for advice, they don't necessarily want me to give them an answer. So uh, just that 
uh, finding someone who will listen to you and actually have a guide there to help you understand how to listen to each other. And mm, so. mm, For sure. Well, Michael, we're almost coming to the end of the show already. And, yeah, wow. Uh, you know, we're going to still have a couple of more tidbits. Before we jump into that, how can people get a hold of you? And I understand you have a bit of a gift for people as well. I do. Yeah, the, my uh, my book, uh, the website is whiteshirtbook.com. It's whiteshirtbook.com. And I have a workbook that goes along with my book. The book's uh, a parable within a seven-step process after there. So I put together an online workbook you can download. And uh, it will take, if you have the book, it'll take you right through doing the process I've been talking about all this time. And uh, we'll start selling it sometimes next year, but I'm still giving it away, especially to podcast listeners. And you can just go on my website, whiteshirtbook.com. And there's a little career quiz that takes you about five minutes or two minutes to do. And at the end, you'll be able to uh, download the book and uh, mm. take a look at it and and it may, you may could use the workbook by itself and do fine. Most people get the book as well, but I want to offer it to you as a gift and maybe it'll be a help to you. So. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And so everybody listening, it's whiteshirtbook.com. We'll put yeah. it in the show notes depending on what platform you're listening on. So just go there if you uh, just want to have a clickable link. And you also have your own website for yourself. I do. michaelallentate.com, correct? Yeah, Michael, a, yeah, A-L-A-N. Michael Alon at michaelallentate.com. Yep. Yeah, one L. Okay, so one. that's great. By the way, how did you come up with the white shirt as the title of the book? What was behind that? Well, the, the white shirt's a parable about uh, four boys who grew up in Persia 2,500 years ago. And I've been a lot of time in the Middle East. And so anyway, uh, it, it's a, a white shirt was a shirt that was given to astronomers back in years ancient times and so they were all appointed to be astronomers in this little story and they only one of them liked to be an astronomer so they had to find out how to change careers so the white shirt's a symbol of your life-giving career in the book and uh so but it's an interesting little parable and it goes along and teaches lessons and in the last part of the book is the step-by-step guide on putting your plan together like you learned from these three young boys and their advisor who is named darius so, mm. so awesome, that's Michael. So, yeah. Michael, before we go, what would be uh, one or two sort of more uh, golden nuggets, tidbits for the listeners that would help them that we haven't shared up to this point that you would just encourage them to go to the next level in their life? Well, one of the uh, one of the things I've learned is a lot of people will do the plan and they sit there with their plan and don't go out and share it. So. Uh, you know, to there's a principle that says that feelings follow actions. So I just encourage people once you get your plan together to, you know, take an action. Once you take an action and and meet with someone, you it's amazing what happens. Just so just always remember, if you have a plan, have a plan to take that. That's why you need to attend less than ten people and then go out and see them and to look back before you look forward. I guess we sort of talked about that, but uh, to look back at your life and really see what during that time that made you feel most alive because the more you have of that in your life, the more you're going to enjoy what you're doing. And, um, you know, and that clarity, you know, getting clarity is the key to everything in life. And, you know, I always say the secret to life is asking for advice. And uh, those are the things I'd leave you with. 
Mm. Well, Michael, thank you very much for uh, being the show boy. The time just went flew by. Yeah, uh, already thanks, there. And so, thanks for hanging out with us. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure, Ken. And uh, thank you for the masterful way you put this together and have made it so easy. And uh, I hope the viewers will view into your other other podcasts. I've enjoyed seeing some of those this week myself. So I encourage them to look at that. You have some good stuff out there. Well, uh, thank you, Michael. Sure. Well, F- SOS listeners, you know, Michael Allen Tate, the white shirt. You know, my encouragement is it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in a career or in your job. You've heard it from me a hundred times before if you've been a listener, is that you have a purpose, you matter. And so Michael's really outlined a process for you in this idea of getting advice and not apologizing for it. And, you know, people want to help people. So just go out there and do it. Be like Nike. And like as we end most shows, thank you for listening, giving your most valuable commodity your time. Uh, please leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on and share it, let other people know so we can get the word out so other people can live on purpose. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.